What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Talk with Beauties, episode 86, the Wednesday news. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about Mark Andre Fleury because he's moving up in the history books. Dusty Baker is headed back to San Francisco. And Nick Saban is calling it quits on coaching. But first, let's head into the NFL. A lot of news out of the NFL, not just playoffs, but stuff happening before we get into playoffs. Let's get into it. Chicago announces that they are going to fire everybody on the offensive coordinating staff, practically. We're getting rid of the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, quarterback coach, Andrew Janico, running back coach, Omar Young, wide receiver coach, uh, Tyke Tolbert, and assistant tight end coach, Tim Zetz. Despite all of these changes, Matt Eberflus will still be head coach of the Chicago Bears, meaning that they must have seen something at the end of the year that that they enjoyed. I think defensively is probably what they're thinking because offensively did not work at all last year. So hopefully new offense for the Bears is, is what they need because that team's looking pretty good, though. Right, Head in the right direction. Two legendary coaches have been let go. Start off with Seattle. They are releasing Pete Carroll as their head coach. He still will be part of the Seattle organization as like a special operator or something like that. Pete Carroll, Super Bowl champ, had a great career with Seattle, had an even better career, in my opinion, as a USC head coach. 2004 BCS national champion, two-time AP national champion, four-time uh, Rose Bowl champ, and seven-time Pac-10 coach of the year. Great career for Pete Carroll, whether it's pros or whether it is in college. Uh, one of the f- rare guys to be able to do it in both um, leagues and a great job on his career. Whether he, he has another job as a head coach, I don't know. Um, but as of right now, it sounds like Seattle's keeping him um, in the football operations, just not head coach. And the other coach they got or someone got rid of, New England, is parting ways with Bill Belichick. By the sounds of it, it sounds like they fired Bill, but didn't imply the most um, casual way. That's an easy way to say it, I guess. Uh, Belichick, eight-time Super Bowl champ, six as a head coach, three-time NFL coach of the year. And this guy's put up even more accolades. Those are just two of the the bigger ones that I threw out there. Um, Great career in New England. And as of right now, I'm hearing rumors that he might be going to Atlanta. Atlanta just did an interview with him as well. So maybe he's moving on to be offensive or I've heard potential defensive coordinator or head coaching jobs is what he would like. Um, The Atlanta job would be a head coaching job since Arthur Smith is out. So wouldn't be surprised to see Belichick in another spot next season. Just where would it be? That's going to be the biggest question mark, sir. Uh, New England did announce, though, defensive coordinator uh, Gerard Mayo will be the new head coach of the Patriots next season. More hirings. We had Washington. They hired a new GM. They're going to take San Francisco's assistant GM, Adam Peters, as their new general manager going into next year. Uh, Seattle potentially is getting new uniforms next season. A now-deleted Reddit post suggested that they are going to be getting new uniforms before the next season. That Reddit post is nowhere to be found now, but people were able to, to see it. I don't know what this is, what this means, what this really entails, to be completely honest. But if we see new uniforms, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go back to more of a retro look or using those older colors like the royal blue instead of the navy. I think a lot of fans do like that older look. I personally like the newer look better. I like the Navy, the more modernized uh, Seahawk logo. So I could see maybe combining best of both worlds, maybe using the modern logos and designs with the older colors. I could see the best of both worlds like that. 
But I don't know. I don't even know if this is going to be a real big game, but uh, we'll have to see. This might be a, a, just a fluke, a, a weird post, or this could be legitimate. Just wanted to throw that one out there for you guys, though. All right, let's get into the wild card results. Houston defeated Cleveland 45-14. Kansas beat Miami 26-7. Green Bay torches Dallas 48-32. Detroit just hangs on for their first win since 1991 in the playoffs, beating the Rams 24-23. Buffalo beats Pittsburgh on Monday 31-17. And Tampa Bay wrapped up the wild card with a win over Philadelphia 32-9. After that game in uh, against Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia All-Star Center Jason Kelsey announces that his he is going to be hanging him up. He is retiring. 13 seasons with the Eagles, Super Bowl champ, seven-time Pro Bowl, and six-time first-team All-Pro. This guy's had an outstanding career. Uh, ESPN said that he's a top 40 player through their rankings, and he could do it again. It's just more of sounds like he's tired. Um, I I think he's a great player. That offensive line has looked great. Not great to end the season, but overall, really good, uh, especially throughout his 13 years there. So, Jason Kelsey, congrats on the retirement. Uh, you, you're living as a Philadelphia legend for sure. All right, let's head to the divisional series matchups. We got four games on this week, this weekend, excuse me, two on Saturday and two on Sunday. We'll start off with the Saturday games at 2.30 p.m. We have Houston and Baltimore. And on Saturday at nightcap, 6.15 p.m., you got Green Bay versus San Francisco. On Sunday, you'll have 1 p.m., Tampa Bay versus Detroit. And at 4.30 p.m., you got Kansas City versus Buffalo. If you're going to watch one game this weekend, I think that Kansas City versus Buffalo on Sunday night will be the best matchup of all four of these. Another heated rivalry between these two in the playoffs. Seems to always go Kansas City's way. This time, I don't see it going Kansas City's way. I think Buffalo is going to be able to take care of Kansas City. So expect Buffalo to win that one. But based off of the last episode, which if you guys did not take a look at that one, um, all of our brackets are on the Instagram and Twitter, so check those ones out. They're all toast as of right now, pretty much. Everybody had Cleveland winning. Nobody, um, of course, Cleveland didn't win, so nobody was able to get those points and that one correct. I had them going to the Super Bowl. Um, that, that was a dumb pick on my end, so I'm just excited to see what the San Francisco 49ers do now. Uh, doing this is just clearly a fan, so I'll be watching that Niner game if I'm going to watch one, but if you guys don't have any... Uh, any uh, favorite teams out there still, I say if you're going to watch one, Kansas City versus Buffalo, sit down and watch that one. That will be the best game this weekend. All right, next up, we got the NHL. So let's talk about Anaheim. They have claimed Gustav Lindstrom off of waivers from Montreal. Younger defenseman guy, definitely necessary because they found out they have two big injuries. We'll start off with the defenseman. Pavel Minchikov, rookie defenseman, will be out six weeks with a separated shoulder. And they also found out that Trevor Zegers will be out six to eight weeks with a broken ankle. So two big injuries right there for a couple months out of the lineup. And really kind of shows that the Jamie Drysdale trade did not come at good timing because they definitely could use Drysdale on that back end. Uh, Lindstrom has already started been playing uh, for the Ducks in the lineup right now, but of course the Ducks are not looking very good. So have not really noticed Lindstrom too much in there, but they're struggling without Minshikov and Zegers in the lineup. Chicago has re-signed Nick Foligno and Jason Dickerson to contracts. Foligno got two years of 4.5 million AAV, and Dickerson got two years of 4.25 million AAV. Carolina has more goalie injuries now. 
Petro Kochekov is out indefinitely with a concussion, meaning Antti Ranta will be starting in net for the Hurricanes. Not a good situation right now with the Hurricanes. Goaltending has been absolutely atrocious. Who not, no matter who's in there, Freddie Anderson's still out with a blood clotting issue. Uh, Kochekov is out uh, indefinitely right now. Ranta has just been bad all season long. So uh, hopefully Carolina can stay afloat. But as of right now, they might have to address getting a new goaltender. Which, speaking of which, Columbus Blue Jackets' Elvis Merzlikens has request, requested a trade out of Columbus. 29-year-old signed a contract not too long ago, up until the 2027 season, and he will be being paid $5.4 million AAV. His stats this year, 8, 8, and 6, 3.22 goals against, and a 9.06 save percentage. So not that outstanding, but Columbus has not been playing him the last couple of times that he has been available, and that's you could tell that's really... Uh, kind of bothering him and came in the lineup the other day played against New Jersey won in that one only giving up one goal played outstanding but then came out not too long after that he requested a trade out of Columbus so potential landing spots I honestly I could see Carolina being one of those those teams um, especially now that we don't know what's happening with two of their goaltenders they definitely need Antti Ranta to not start as a starter he's not not the guy for them. So maybe Merzlikens goes over. A couple other teams. Edmonton definitely needs a goaltender. I don't trust Skinner whatsoever. But I don't know how, where they're going to be, who they're going to have to part away. Because 5.4 is way out of their price range right now. So you're going to have to get a lot of people off of that. Or have Columbus retain a lot of that salary for some some way. I don't know how they're going to do it. But they that would be a team. The last team I could see, Toronto. Uh, Toronto always worrying about goaltenders, whether it's uh, guys who are doing good but have a bad week or guys who are just, quote-unquote, bad and just can't get out of the slump. I think Merzlikens definitely does not want to go to Toronto, but I could see Toronto being a team that could be eyeing him nearing trade deadline or even right now, depending on uh, how badly Toronto wants uh, a new goaltender. But I could see any of those three teams picking up a new goaltender in Merzlikens. Colorado Avalanche, Valerie Nechushkin has entered NHL assistant programming. He is out indefinitely. This happened to him again. I think this is his second time. Last year, he was in the same program. Due to something that happened during a road trip in Seattle, we never found out the information about that. Don't know if this happens to be any sort of relation to that, anything similar. Uh, There's very little on this. Besides that, Natushkin will be out indefinitely. So just don't expect him to be in lineup anytime soon. I don't think he played at all to end the, the season last year when he was in in it. So I kind of expecting the same thing. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Minnesota's Mark Andre Fleury is moving in the history books higher up as he is just outstanding in this career and he's continuing to move up. Second in all-time wins list with 552 career wins. This guy has been playing outstanding with every team he's done. Four total teams, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Chicago, and Minnesota. He's probably one of the most beloved goaltenders, not just in this league, but all together. Because this guy, he's such a jokester. Everybody loves him in the locker room. Fans love him. He's he's a great guy when he's talking in interviews and stuff like that. Um, never hear a bad thing about Marc-Andre Fleury. So I, I'm... Very impressed to see him second all-time. He's definitely not going to catch Marty Brodeur. He needs, like, I think Marty has 690 wins, and I don't. there's no way Flory at his, 
as age is going to be able to catch him. But great job to get uh, second on this list. Uh, Well-deserved for sure. Next up, we got some news coming out of Tampa Bay. They have announced that Steven Stamkos will not be moving, not being traded at all this season. So don't expect him to be on the trading block whatsoever. GM did debunk that earlier today. Winnipeg announced that Kyle Connor has been reinstated from the IR. Coming back after that knee injury, I think about four or five weeks ago, made a collision with Anaheim's Ryan Strom. And supposedly Strom sent out a couple of messages towards Connor during a, uh, I think, the prior game afterwards or something like that about the occurrence, pretty much wishing him well and uh, that it was not on purpose. And Connor said that he really appreciated it. So great job by Ryan Strome just to kind of bury the ax there with a lot of people really wanting his head after uh, that knee-to-knee contact. All right, let's head to the NHL All-Star Game jerseys. Yes, All-Star Game is right around the corner. Honestly, I'm not excited by the All-Star Game. Never really excited last couple of years. It's been getting worse and worse every year. I think this year might again might top this this past season's uh, for worst all-star game. But we got the jerseys, and the jerseys are absolutely trash. At least last year we had nice jerseys. This year they're trash. They're in collaboration with Justin Bieber's clothing company, which, all right, cool, but they don't really scream out like I want to get kind of jersey, where last year the – Retro, old school, like black and white with the teal and pink. Those look sick. This year, not good at all. Uh, Each division will get their own color, meaning that they only have to wear one jersey, which I think is kind of cool. I like that idea better than having two jerseys for both sides where we had only two jerseys last year. Teams had to swap colors, which could get kind of confusing where this year you get the red for the Pacific, blue for the Atlantic, white for the Metro, and yellow for the Central. So no matter what, you'll see those colors. You you know what division you're seeing and what team is out there. So I like that a lot, meaning that we're going to see a lot of color on color, which is not something very common in the NHL. We've seen in a lot of other leagues. College football does it. Baseball will do it. Football, once in a while, we'll, we'll throw out color versus color. But NHL is one that always uses white and color, which I'm okay with. But I like seeing that color on color. I'm a big color guy. I like seeing that those jerseys. So it's going to pop. I think that's going to be pretty cool aspect about it. But overall, I still think the jerseys are bad. The only thing I do like about it, besides the color on color, is the arms. The arms have the, the three-stripe uh, signature of Adidas on it with a couple of the, the stars coming down the arm, which I think looks pretty cool pretty good overall we didn't see any jersey numbers on there um we i could tell that there's a spot for the jersey number but we didn't get any pictures that show it really well um the back does not look good the nameplate on the back is underneath the arms which is kind of stupid as well so that also marks it down for me overall so i honestly i think this might be the worst all-star game jerseys ever i it's hard to explain the, the front of the jersey um it's just not very good either. It's it's very busy, very big. Most likely going to be sublimation print with how big that star is on the front because I doubt you're going to be able to put a big crest on the front. That's going to be so uncomfortable to wear. Besides the fact, what do I rank it? 3.5 out of 10. I think the colors look good, but the star logo is bad on the front, and it just overall just does not a- appeal to me. Don't like the back of the nameplate either being on the bottom, so... Overall, 3.5. There's some good aspects, but overall, not a good-looking jersey. Uh, We'll move on. 
All right, MLB, we're going to start off with the trade. Dodgers and Cubs made a trade early last week. We have Jackson Ferris and Zaire Hope going to the Dodgers in exchange for Michael Bush and Yancy Almonte. Uh, Dodgers are picking up uh, prospects in this one. Cubs are picking up Bush, which I think is a higher-up prospect in the organization for the Dodgers. He has played a couple games. And Almonte is a good bullpen piece, so I think the Cubs are kind of building something here, potentially with uh, them getting Almonte. I think he, he'll be a good addition there. Not a too flashy guy, but definitely um, a guy to, to watch out for. Cincinnati signs Brent Suter to a one-year, $2.5 million contract, and the Yankees made a couple big signs. They got they avoided arbitration with Juan Soto for one year, $31 million, plus also got Marcus Stroman to a two-year contract. Money, not too sure on that. The New York Mets are avoiding arbitration with Pete Alonso. They agreed a one-year, $20.5 million, and San Francisco signs Jordan Hicks, four years, $44 million. Wrap up MLB talk. We get Dusty Baker getting hired as a special assistant to baseball operations and ownership for the Giants. Of course, Dusty Baker did manage the Giants back in around like 2002 era kind of thing. Not sure how long he really was there, but around that era, Dusty Baker was the manager. Coming off that World Series win, decided to hang him up. So I think uh, I think Dusty being in San Francisco again is going to be cool. I'm curious on how well he's going to be able to really voice his opinion out there in, in the Giants organization. But I think the Giants, they need to do a lot because they're in a tough division now. You got the Padres who don't look good but have an all-star lineup. You got the Dodgers who are going to be good for the next 10 years. And you got you got themselves where I think they're in the third spot as of right now. But potential to be the two spot if not be competitive games with the, the Dodgers. So that's pretty much all that they have to vote for. They got to be able to try and beat out the Dodgers. I don't think it's going to do anytime soon, but maybe they're able to find something with Dusty Baker, get some uh, expert in insight there. All right, let's head to college football. And of course, before we talk about anything else, we're going to talk about Alabama announcing that Nick Saban is retiring from college football and coaching. The the man with 369 games, a 297. 71 and one career record in college football. He's a five-time SEC coach of the year, two-time Paul Bear Bryant coach of the year. He coached four Heisman Trophy winners at Alabama, seven-time national champion, six at Alabama, one at LSU. Since Alabama has had him at a head coach, he's very rarely outside the top three. And since 2011, only finished outside of first place once so it's very interesting to see that it's it's very impressive to see that and this guy is by far i think the best college football coach we've ever seen definitely in my time the best co coach i've ever seen the most dominant one he just he's just able to do stuff that you just don't expect alabama to do like alabama you kind of expect them like oh maybe this is the year they kind of slump off nope he's still a top 10 school He's still going out. He's not losing any more than two or three games a season. At Alabama, he only had 29 losses. He had 44 first-rounders in his career at Alabama and only 29 total losses at Alabama. I mean, more first-rounders than losses is outstanding. So, Nick Saban, whatever you do in your career, uh, whether it's stick, sticking at Alabama, just helping out with uh, football operations, whether it's going on podcasts with with Pat McAfee, whether it's other stuff, whatever he's going to do, he's going to excel at. 
And I'm just happy to be able to say that I got to watch Nick Saban in his prime, which happened to be his old career. He was in his prime. So great job on the awesome career, Nick Saban. Uh, Well-deserved for sure. So Alabama has that vacancy. They close it up very quickly. They're picking up Washington's head coach, Kalen DeBoer, to take over as the head coaching job. DeBoer is 104-12 as a head coach coming over from uh, Washington and Southern Illinois, I believe was the, the spot beforehand. So he's a very successful coach, made it in the national championship, just fell a little bit short against Harbaugh this past season. He's expected to bring over his offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb. He'll also be the offensive coordinator at Alabama. So I don't know what to expect about DeBoer at Alabama. I just wouldn't know why he wanted to take this job because this has got to be the hardest job in college football now. So much riding on the line. It's almost like the Patriots' job. I mean, the Patriots aren't any good this past couple years, but do you really want to follow up Bill Belichick or do you really want to follow up Nick Saban? I would say no, but hats off to DeBoer. Maybe he's able to figure it out at Alabama. So we'll see what happens there with with DeBoer. Arizona's head coach, Jed Fish, is actually going to be taking that head coaching job at Washington now. Uh, Fish had a 10-3 season over at Arizona, and he is very lucky to get out of there as quickly as possible because who wants to be in Tucson? Not me. Nobody wants to be there. So he's very lucky to get out of Tucson as quickly as he, as he did. He actually had a very good um, past season with Arizona, which I hate to say, but yeah, you look at the numbers, you look at what they did, they they had a very good season. Um, so I think Fish going over to Washington in that Big Ten, I think it's going to be a little bit of a hard transition. I mean, they're going to lose a lot of players to transfer portal, NFL draft. Um, so I, it's going to be a tough year for Washington, but overall I think it's the right head coach. I think they're still going to put their head above water. And I think he's going to be able to do a good job. I think it's be top 25 school, but not uh, a top five school. All right, we got two transfer portal news. We'll start off with Washington State's quarterback, Cam Ward. Initially announced that he was going into the draft, took his name off the draft board, and he's going to be transferring to Miami, which is very surprising to me, but we'll see what happens there. And Alabama wide receiver Isaiah Bond is going to Texas. Did it right after the, the Nick Saban announcement. So uh, Bond will be moving to Texas. All right, we'll head to guys who are declaring for the draft. So all the following players have announced that they are going to the NFL draft. We'll start off with two Ohio State wide receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mbeka Mbuka. Three Michigan players, linebacker Junior Colson, quarterback J.J. McCarthy, and running back Blake Cornum. Two Washington players, wide receiver uh, Rome Adunze and running back Dylan Johnson. And then two quarterbacks here, USC's quarterback, Kayla Williams, and Maryland's quarterback, Talia Tungaviola, a little brother of Tua. We had actually a couple players that said that they are not going to be going anywhere, and that is Ohio State's running back, Travion uh, Henderson. He will be returning back to school. And Texas quarterback, Quinn Ewers, he is going to be returning to school. Florida State and Texas announced that they're going to extend their head coaching uh, Mike Norvell is going to get eight years, eight or excuse me, ten million AAV. Um, these numbers are not exact as of right now because they are not confirmed um, by the schools or anything like that. But a lot of names or a lot of numbers being thrown around: eight years, ten million for for Norvell. Where Steve Sarkeesian will be getting about four years. The money is unknown, but they also think he's going to get about that ten million AAV area. And last news out of college football. So 
if you're a big video game fan, um, the college football video game hasn't been out since 2013. We haven't seen a video game uh, for college football, mainly because of money situation. They announced that this summer will be the launch date of the newest EA Sports college football, which I am stoked for. I love college football. I would still play it right now if my, my 360 would work. Unfortunately, it does not work, so I, I don't play it now, but I definitely would if my, my 360 worked. Besides the fact, we are finding out that potential launch date will be July 12th, 2024. Uh, that is from David Waters on Twitter. I don't know whether or not to believe this because I keep finding stuff more and more about it, whether um, it's we're going to get a trailer during the national championship game. We never did. We're going to get more news about it in the coming weeks. We never did. So hearing that the launch date might be J July 12th, very exciting, very interesting, but I taking it with a grain of salt because we've been duped before. So we all we already know that it's going to be coming in the summer. We just don't know what time in the summer. So hopefully the J July area anytime sooner would be awesome. But July 12th is the, the date being thrown around for you college football video game fans. All right, let's get into college hockey. So let's start off with the rankings, of course. We got new number one, Boston University, Leapfrogs, Boston College. They go one and two. Quinnipiac jumps up to two or jumps up two spots to three. Wisconsin drops one to four. Denver up one to five. North Dakota drops two to six. Michigan State up one to seven. Maine drops one to eight. Providence State's put at nine. Minnesota drops two to ten. Western Michigan drops one to eleven. UMass gets a plus one to twelve. St. Cloud gets a plus one to thirteen. Cornell had a great weekend, plus four to fourteen. Michigan State's put at fifteen. Arizona State had a tough weekend, minus five to sixteen. North New Hampshire drops one to seventeen. Colorado College drops one to eighteen. Omaha had a good good weekend. Gets a no rank. Goes from no ranked to nineteen. And then RIT drops 1 to 20. Other receiving votes that had double digits. Penn State had 29. Notre Dame had 16. Minnesota State 15. Northeastern 12. AIC 11. And St. Thomas had 10. Let's get a new Arizona State update. This weekend absolutely sucked. This team looked garbage. They got swept by the big red of Cornell. That's why Cornell got that plus 4 up to 14. They definitely deserved it. They looked outstanding this weekend. Their offense looked great. Their defense looked even better. They didn't even really give up that many shots, not many chances for Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State's offense was absolutely atrocious. We're down 2-0 in both games very quickly. Was not able to bounce back. They were able to force overtime in that first game, so they did get one point out of this one. But they lose that streak of going uh, since November 29th of this year or this past year. They have not lost in regulation, so that streak was riding high in, into Saturday. But they got blown out on Saturday. I think 4-1 was the final. Did not look good at all this weekend. This this past weekend, or this upcoming weekend, they have Augustana, which is from South Dakota. They're 6-11-3, so Arizona State should be able to sweep this weekend, get back on the hot streak, maybe get a bump up there, but not a good time to start losing games and definitely not losing against top 20 schools. So hopefully they're able to bounce back this weekend. All right, games to watch this weekend. I got three games for you guys to watch. NHLs, Saturday at 5 p.m. You got Maple Leafs and Canucks. Battle of one of the best teams in the East versus one of the best teams in the West. NFL, as I said earlier, 
Chiefs and Bills, Sunday, 4.30 p.m. on CBS. And college hockey, if you can watch college hockey, watch this one. Number 7, Michigan State versus number 15, Michigan. In-state rivalries, Michigan versus Michigan State is always a good rivalry when it comes to any sport. College hockey, definitely going to be a good one, so check out those games. Well, guys, that will do it for this episode. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Um, if you guys can, please go follow the Instagram and Twitter. We always post when new episodes are coming out. We always make awesome graphics, get a lot of help from either Jillian or myself doing them. So really appreciate you guys if you check those ones out. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Have an awesome weekend, and we'll see you guys later.